Good Sunday morning once again. We are so glad you've joined us. I'm praying again today that you will sense and know His presence as we fellowship together, even if it is online. We are together as one in the Holy Spirit. Last time I shared with you, I spoke on legacy. Today I want to speak on the subject of loyalty. This is a subject that seemingly in our society is getting less and less attention. And some even believe that loyalty is a thing of the past. Increasingly so as consumerism and self-focus have taken first place. When we think of past generations, those involved in war, for example, we can see that they were fiercely loyal to their country and to their belief in justice and peace for everyone. We can see that this is still being acted out even now at this time in the lives of these war heroes. It's simply a part of who they are. It's built into their character. There has been a gentleman in the UK who has been making news recently. He decided to celebrate his 100th birthday by walking around his garden literally hundreds of times to raise money for the country's national health system. To date, he has raised close to 50 million pounds. Now he's become a hero all over again. The Queen has decided to give him a knighthood for his achievement. Loyalty. It's a magnificent trait. The word loyalty means this, having a strong feeling of support and allegiance. How many know today that Father God values loyalty? He is loyal. He was loyal to the human race, his creation. That's why he sent his only son to die on our behalf so we could come back into fellowship with him. Jesus the Son was loyal to his followers during his time on earth. Read, for example, his high priestly prayer in John 17. And you can see what he was feeling at that time just before his death. And get this, he is still loyal to us, sending his Holy Spirit to earth so we would not be left as orphans, but would be led into all truth. How wonderful that we are nurtured, guided, and are able to come into sweet fellowship with Holy Spirit who always points us to Jesus. There is magnificent loyalty displayed in the Godhead. Hallelujah. There's an Old Testament story that really points out so well the whole subject of loyalty. It's the story of Ruth. Just a quick refresher to the account, Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, had gone with her husband and two sons out of Bethlehem to live in the country of Moab because there was a, fa a famine and they figured to survive they would have to leave. Incidentally, Bethlehem actually means house of bread and had they stayed, no doubt God would have provided for them. However, some tragic incidents happened to them in Moab. Naomi's husband died. She was left as a widow. Her sons took two wives who were Moabites, and then another tragedy occurred. Both sons also died. Now there were three widows. Being widows in Bible days was bad news, as there was no welfare state to help them out. Naomi decided to go back to Bethlehem because she had heard how God had provided for his people. Yes, again, God's loyalty at work. Her two daughters-in-law decided to go with her. Naomi said to them, however, look, ladies, you need to go back to Moab, find husbands, and start new households. Long story short, one of them decided to go back. However, Ruth absolutely would not return to Moab. She was completely devoted to Naomi. And this is what she said to her mother-in-law. It's one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible. 
Do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. May the Lord do the same to me as he has done to you. And more also, if anything but death separates me from you. I see this as extreme loyalty, don't you? No doubt Naomi had been amazing in her relationship with Ruth, speaking truth to her, nurturing her, loving on her, so much so that we see a young woman who was ready to even change her belief system and serve the true God, leaving behind her old life completely. You can go on and read the rest of the story yourselves because the amazing thing is that out of that line of Ruth, who married Boaz, came King David. And wonder of wonders, Jesus, his earthly lineage also came out of that line. Isn't that just too amazing? God values loyalty. So let's investigate this whole subject and unpack it for a few minutes today. Here's a true fact. Everyone is loyal to something. It's usually what we really, really like. For example, we can be loyal to habits, good or bad. We can be loyal to certain shopping establishments because they give us good service. Many are loyal to their gaming systems and are willing to sit and play for hours and hours, seemingly in another world, just wanting to beat this one level. Others are loyal to a particular hockey team. Go Habs, go. Sorry, Leaf fans. I'm saying all of this just to say that we can be loyal to what we want to be loyal to. Isn't that right? In all of creation, only mankind has been given the ability to make choices. We were created with our own wills. We are not robots being continually directed and manipulated by an unseen, uncaring dictator. Father God took a risk when he created us in this manner. It was a risk of love. See, he wanted us to love him out of our own will and desire. In life, for example, nothing is worse than a one-sided love relationship. God knew that a forced compliance would be fake. He wanted the real thing. He wanted us to be loyal to him, not out of demand, but out of a deep love that we have chosen to pursue and a loyalty to him that ensues out of that love. So our first choice is to be loyal to him. And here's the thing. Loyalty is not so much what we say, it's also what we do. Words can be said easily and forgotten easily, but our deeds are important also. In marriage, for example, one partner can say continually, I love you, but that love grows stronger and is built upon when both persons do deeds that they know please the other. My husband has this saying, marriage is not give and take. Marriage is give and give. Now, some people would totally freak out at this because they might feel that they would be taken advantage of. But in a strong marriage, one would never take the other person for granted because there is a loyalty that is present and has woven itself into the relationship because of a deep foundational love. Now, the wonderful thing about being loyal to the Lord is this, that it's rewarded with his grace and favor. Psalm 84, verse 11 to the end says this, the Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. How blessed and greatly favored is the man who trusts in you, committing himself to you with confident hope and expectation. Loyalty. The disciple Peter thought he was loyal to Jesus. He had used words of loyalty, for example, even saying he would die for him. But when it came to being loyal at a desperate time in the life of Jesus, Peter denied him. He was being tested. 
As I said, these were just words because when it came to putting them into action, other emotions inside of him took over. Jesus, of course, knew what was in his heart, just like he knows what's in all of our hearts. And he said this to Peter. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like grain, but I have prayed for you. Peter was incredibly affected by his own disloyalty. You know why? Because it revealed to him what was really in his heart. Pastor Joel spoke recently about using this a long time to evaluate ourselves. How aware are we what's in our hearts? Do we ever ask the question, for example, why do I have certain reactions? It's especially good to ask the Holy Spirit to show us what's going on in our hearts. I've done that on numerous occasions. In fact, it's an ongoing process. And the fact is, when we are shown, it's usually quite surprising to us. We are in good company when we do this. King David asked the Lord to search him because there were a lot of things he had done without understanding why he did them. Not aware what was really in his heart. For example, he had had an affair with Bathsheba and made sure that her husband had been put on the front lines of battle so he would get killed. God didn't write him off because of all that, because he knew his heart and David was always careful to come back repenting and into relationship with the Lord. And as you read that account, you will see that there were natural repercussions that occurred because of David's actions. Getting back to Peter's disloyalty, he thought he had blown it for good and despondently went back to his fishing career. However, after Jesus had risen from the dead and before he ascended back to his father, he went to make breakfast for his disciples on the beach and singled out Peter and reinstated him in front of the others by commissioning him to feed his sheep. So many times we can also feel that we have blown it. However, let's take confidence that he is always loyal to us and will always bring us back into relationship. Why? Because of his great love for us and the fact that he has purpose in all of our lives. And that purpose is not a heavy yoke thing. It's not what he wants us to do or go or be. He just loves our company and wants to talk to us and have us talk to him. How wonderful is that? What about being loyal to the body of believers? It's wonderful to see that even in this time of quarantine from each other, the body of Christ is still going forward. There is an increasing sense of belonging and being as one. There is a certainty in us of knowing where we have been planted because it's where we bloom and grow and go forward in Him, always remembering that He is the central one and together we are His hands and feet on the earth, working together to represent Him for who He really is. Again, people can be loyal to different things even within the church. For example, being loyal to a building or being loyal to a certain worship style or being loyal to the pastor. However, all of those things are not really what counts. Worship styles come and go and sooner or later there will be a style that maybe we won't particularly enjoy as much. And as lovely as it is to be loyal to the pastor and as leaders we certainly appreciate loyal comrades in faith. However, we can let you down too because we are human and make mistakes. Hope that's not too shocking for you to hear. So being loyal to a body of believers means that we have given up our consumerism rights and have chosen to be with believers who we know the Lord has joined us with. Now we may not all agree 
all of the time, and that's okay. Even if you have 20 people together in a room, the fact is that not all the 20 will agree on everything. Unity of the Spirit is something completely different than just being in agreement over certain things. If we know that the people we are joined with want everything there is of God and whose goal is to know Him more and be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, a oneness has been achieved, then we know we have been placed into His body, a place where He has set us. And because of that, there is a bonding together that's not easily broken, unless, of course, we decide to break it ourselves. We can't expect this to be perfect because people are involved. Again, my husband says this, when you belong to a body and meet together, you would better wear your construction hat because after all, it's a building site. Let's know this though, that the edifice is being built. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 2 verse 22, this entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up, completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. This is what the body of Christ is all about. I want to be loyal and committed to His building, not the physical building, but to the people who are being built alongside me. Because as you grow, I grow. It's a mystical thing, but wondrous in its outworking. Because of this, we really don't have the right to quit on each other. The early church knew how important loyalty was. They were loyal to the one who had died for them and the one who had baptized them into the Holy Spirit. They were loyal to each other, going from house to house, breaking bread and continual fellowship. Life wasn't easy for them, but they knew how to depend on the Lord and depend also on each other. This, I believe, is a pivotal time in church history. One of the things I believe he is doing is that he is calling out loyalty, not loyalty to any political party or loyalty to any subscribed teaching or philosophy that we might agree with or a particular revelation that would make us feel superior or elitist in any way. It's not about a thirst for more knowledge just for the purpose of more knowledge. Rather, it's a thirst for him and to come to know his ways more and more. Loyalty to the cause of the gospel and for every victory that was accomplished on the cross. Anything added to this is another gospel. On that glorious day when he comes again, he will find a church that has been perfected, a loyal bride who has made herself ready to meet her bridegroom. This is the time of being equipped so that we can all be prepared to do the work of the ministry while we are alive on this earth. Again, using King David as an example, he said this, I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. What is our purpose as the body of Christ? It's this, to be loyal to him out of love and out of that loyalty, serve him. The one who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Secondly, to be loyal to each other and out of that love partnership we have together, we serve one another with a willing heart. Can we say amen to that? I believe we can. Let's pray together. 
Father God, how wonderful it is to be able to say that we are your dwelling place. You haven't come for a short visit. Rather, you've come to make us your habitation, a place where you can live in delight. We know your delight is in us. Our spirits are buoyed by this realization. We thank you, Jesus, that all of this is possible because of your grace poured out upon us. We revel and delight in the grace of God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are continually drawing us into sweet fellowship with yourself and proving to us continually that you are forever loyal in your faithfulness to us. I pray for all who are listening today. Many need your comfort. Many who have devoted their lives to you and are loyal to the cross are walking difficult pathways, even in these days. May your superabundant love and grace supernaturally overtake them in the days ahead. May they walk through the valleys and come out into the sunshine of your embrace and well-being. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We ask it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Have an awesome week. You are loved.